Thanks for joining us for the Bread of Life, a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise. To contact us, call us at 208-331-4096. That number again is 208-331-4096. Now here's Joel Van Hoogen. Hebrews 11 verses 11 and 12 tell us that by faith, God gave Abraham and Sarah strength to conceive and have a child in their old age. If you read the story of this account from the book of Genesis, you'll find that Abraham and Sarah are laughing in disbelief when God gave them this word of promise. But in our passage, we learn that this disbelief turned into an amazing faith. They had tried to bring about God's promise in their own flesh and failed miserably. But where flesh failed, a simple faith proved powerful. Learn from this. Let's learn from this. Both of them are exercising faith at this time. Both of them, through their faith, are blessing one another. If we are only left with the story that we have in Genesis, what we have are the impression of two individuals, two people who are laughing in disbelief and unable to take seriously the great promise that God has given to them and the great way in which God has said that He's going to accomplish that promise. That God wanted to take something barren and make it fruitful. That God wanted to take something that was far beyond the point of ever having been able to produce anything in its own strength and strengthen it to do something beyond imagination. That God wanted to take the weak and there express himself. He extended his promise to Abraham and Sarah and then worked to bring them to that faith that would rely completely on him by draining them of any trust in their own resources. And what you don't have and you don't understand when you're reading the Genesis account is that Sarah did come to the point in time where she no longer laughed in disbelief. Where she no longer laughed because she couldn't take seriously God's promise. Now, the day came when Sarah believed God. When she abandoned completely at this point in time and embraced or abandoned any confidence in her own abilities, her own resourcefulness or lack thereof and where instead she just believed that God who made the promise was faithful and he would fulfill it. And that day came. The Bible says here in Hebrews that it was because of her faith in believing in this God who promised and that he was faithful to keep his promises that God then gave her power to conceive and bear a child. You don't really get that story in Genesis, but the Spirit of God lets us know later on what was going on. God had brought Sarah and Abraham to a faith in which they had lost faith in everything else, but they had cast all their faith in Him. God, if you say it, it's going to be so. We'll believe you for it no matter how impossible it seems. This is always the way that God works in bringing us into the fullness of the life He wants for us, brothers and sisters. The holy, God-promised, multiplying, fruitful life that God plans for us, the very life that He wants to give to us, he wants to raise it out from us at the point where we discover that there's nothing in ourselves to offer Him to make it happen. Nothing. He wants to lead us into a holy and fruitful life of victory, one that is burgeoning and growing and will multiply far beyond our years, one that we cannot survey or imagine or take into our own hearts, but He wants to bring it to us knowing that it comes and it rises out of none of our own resources and nothing of our own resourcefulness. He brings us to the point where we empty ourselves and we come before Him weak and barren and powerless 
And even as we suffer our own selves and our own flesh and our own powers, we say something like Paul says in Romans 7:18, before he gets to the chapter of great victory in Romans chapter 8, he says, I know that as in me and my flesh there dwells no good thing. He brings us to the point where we can say, like Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 10, when I'm weak, then I'm strong. He brings us to the point where we can say, like Paul again in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, this. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. As long as we hold on to some kind of hidden confidence in our own abilities to lay hold of God's purposes and plans for our lives, we will not in faith receive the power of God that is required to live a life of godliness and holiness and fruitfulness and impact. Hebrews 11 verses 11 through 12 reveals to us that Sarah's laughter of doubt and dismissal had left her. That she took the promise of God seriously and she knew fully her own weakness and failure to produce God's promises in her own resources. But that she had only one thing left and that was to believe God and that he would accomplish in his power the promise. And so this 90-year-old woman conceived a child and gave birth to him in her 91st year. And oh, how she laughed then. She laughed. The great truth of the promise of life that God gives to us is this. It rises out of our death. It comes to those who run out of solutions. Faith that is of God rises and we lose all of our faith and our own contribution to the work of God. And only then are we able to receive by faith His power, His life, His working in grace to produce in us the impossible. Let's go to one last point here. I want you to note the powerful distribution of blessing that pours out from this faith. All these years that God had made these promises to Abraham, the blessing seems to be delayed and unrealized. God was in those years preparing faith, cultivating faith in both Abraham and in Sarah. He was doing it by delay. He was preparing them for the right kind of faith by delaying the answer. He was doing it by exposing them to the folly of their own efforts and resources. He was doing it by, in the midst of all that, continually repeating the promise, though it wasn't realized. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. You can't ignore it. It's there in the Word. It's there in my promise. You can't diminish it until both of them, both of them just believed God for what He promised. Until both of them ran out of confidence in themselves and simply trusted God for the impossible. But when that happened, that expression of faith on their part brought not only to themselves blessing, but to one another blessing. They became partners in a blessing that opened up fruitfulness for the other. Sarah's journey to faith made the way for great blessing to come upon Abraham. Abraham's journey to faith made the way for great blessing and laughter to be poured out upon Sarah. They brought to each other that fruitfulness of faith that had opened up to it the resources of an infinite and eternal God. It is by that faith that they trusted in God alone and that life began to pour out from their lives. And it's by that faith that life begins to pour out from our lives as well. A fruitfulness and a multiplying power that blesses others. And so Sarah says in verse 7 of Genesis 21, Who would have said to Abraham that Sarah would nurse children 
For I have borne him a son in his old age. Abraham gave Sarah a son. Sarah bore Abraham a son of promise in his old age. And by that son, one day came our Savior. And through that Savior, many sons have been brought from many nations to his glory. And what should we expect from our faithful trust in the resources of God alone? What God will do through us. What God will accomplish. How God will multiply our simple, abandoned faith in Him to work through us as we trust Him, even though we might not see the evidence of that fruitfulness in any given moment. Would you allow yourself a moment to imagine the fruit that will yet be revealed? I've referred to it before, I think usually in private conversations, but the story is told that the individual who led D.L. Moody to Christ was a shoe salesman. D.L. Moody ended up being the great Billy Graham of his age, actually in many ways more impactful because he was a part of a great revival that swept through England and the United States. And in England, they could go for about two generations and find that almost every single missionary that went out to the world around rose out of the, somehow had a legacy or lineage that flowed from the preaching of D.L. Moody. What if the shoe salesman never knew? Never knew. But his life and his trust and his faithfulness in his job had produced. What the impact of the divine God living in his life made on his world and all eternity. Do some imagining here. There's glory yet to come. It won't be in what you see oftentimes. Oftentimes the things that we think we're doing we're not doing. The impact we think we're making, we're not making. But God is working. God is doing something wonderful. Think about it. Eye has not seen. There's a crown yet to be given to us who faithfully rely and believe in Him and not in our own resources or resourcefulness. Here are four points of quick application. I'll just read them to you. Number one, don't try to make it happen. Live life totally dependent and trusting on God to do what He has promised. Number two, don't minimize the promises of God while you wait for the fulfillment. Don't minimize the promises of God while you wait for the fulfillment. Don't try to make them more believable or more doable. That's what people do sometimes. We read these passages and scriptures that promise such great things for our lives, and we start immediately dumbing them down. Well, it's not like we're really going to tread on snakes and live and whatever. You know, we start dumbing. Don't! Let them be big and bold as God gave them. Let them fill you with expectations. I know Jesus said we're going to do greater works than Him, but He must mean in the composite of all of the... Don't! Greater works will you do! Don't minimize what God has said. Let it be bold and let it be vibrant. Just count that He is adding up great things as you believe in Him, whether you see them or not, whether you understand it or not. He's the one working. He's the one working the process. Third thing is this. Be afraid if you found success in living the Christian life by your own power and resources, by developing your own rhythms and your own patterns and your own habits. If you could say, well, I've learned to do this and this and this and this, and this is why I have got it nailed. 
It may be, if that's the case, if you can give a reason, if you can point to it and say, now this is the reason for my success. I know how to build a big church. I know the formula. I know how to live a really good Christian life. I know the formula. If you've got it figured out, it may be that you're not living the promised life at all, but a thin and unimpactful substitute for the eternal impact that's found in the real thing, whether you see it or not. Here's the fourth thing. Consider that in your moments of frustration and disappointment, your moments in which it doesn't seem like you're getting anywhere or any closer to His promises, that God might be bringing you to the faith that blesses by draining you of any confidence in your own resources or any other resource but Himself. That all God is doing is turning you away from any answer but saying, God, I don't know the answer, but I believe in you. And I'm plunging in. And know this, that's always the way to receiving His power. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. What would I pray for for those who have listened in this morning? I would pray that this important lesson would not be swept over with too much information. I would pray that your faith would simply rest in Christ alone and in nothing of your own contribution. May your obedience rise out of total dependence upon Jesus Christ with no confidence in your own efforts. Thanks for joining us. Bread of Life Radio is a ministry of the Bread of Life Fellowship in Boise, Idaho. We meet in the Old White Church in the Warm Springs area of Boise, Idaho. Our worship service begins at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning. You're welcome to visit and share a meal with us as we feast on the Bread of Life. Until the next time, may the Lord bless you.